is Bloomberg Surveillance. And not reliant on the Fed one way or the other. I'm reliant on the ability of these companies to generate earnings. I think that they should be thinking about moving in June. I don't think they will, but I think that's going to get a bit further behind every meeting they choose to pass. The Fed is not just able to manage monetary policy with respect to the domestic economy. They also have to consider the impacts for the rest of the world. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. He minces no words, sell oil. In this hour, we will look at oil. Paul Siana joins from Bank of America. Merrill Lynch, we'll get to that in a minute. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance, Michael McKee and Tom Keene, welcoming all of you worldwide. Bloomberg 1200 Boston. Ortiz, what a weekend. Bloomberg 1200 Boston, 99.1 FM, Washington, Baltimore. Nine sixty, the Bay Area. Just waking up in San Francisco. A beautiful day in New York. Chilly Sunday, but there it is. Where's spring? Yes. Somebody sees it. Send it home. Yeah. Turn the heat on. David Blanchflower. We say good morning. Hanover, New Hampshire. Yeah. It is snowing this morning. (laughs) Oh, we can't Blanchflower. (laughs) He he walks his dog Maynard Keynes. Is the name of his dog Maynard Keynes. Um, actually, in, in the cat, the Siamese cat, he has is named Austerity. It's sick. <laughs> uh, good morning, Professor Blanche Flower, if you're listening. And, of course, all of you nationwide, Sirius and XM Channel uh, 119, Bloomberg Surveillance, brought to you by Cone Resnick Accounting Tax Advisory to keep your business on top of issues. In the evolving renewable energy market, it takes dedicated industry experts like Cone Resnick. Find out more at Cone Resnick. This is a real joy. His book is New Frontiers in Technical Analysis. It sold 42 copies, all of them to his family. I'm kidding. It's a great book by Paul Siana, who guided and led the Greek of technical analysis within the Bloomberg world for years. And he has joined Bank of America, uh, Merrill Lynch, which is a good and beautiful thing to join Ethan Harris and Francisco uh, Blanche. Paul, good morning. Your call is for oil self. Does the good Francisco Blanche agree with you, or is this where the technical guy's fighting with the fundamental guy? Good morning, Tom, and thank you for having me. Uh, the good news indeed is that the fundamentals and technicals appear to have aligned in this instance. Well, they've lined in the instance, but are we talking, I mean, let's make this clear here. You're talking about a modest, what, $15 move? You're not talking about back to 29 a barrel, right? No, absolutely not. The lows in crude oil are most certainly in, and this particular trade idea is actually counter-trend. We believe the trend in crude oil prices is, in fact, leaning higher. However, at the given time, we do see many reasons from the technical perspective, especially for a pullback to occur. I know Mike wants to go in here, but we've got to prove your technical chops, uh, even though you wrote New Frontiers and technical analysis, the basic idea of, of, of what you do and what not to do. One one of your big knots is the Golden Cross. You and I know, Paul, you got your first gray hair arguing with media types over the Death Cross, the Golden Cross. You don't put much faith in a 5 and 200 day moving average, do you? 50 and 200. Not much at all, Tom. The 50 200 day cross uh, by nature is a lagging signal. Uh, there are some markets where statistics show that there is some validity to it. However, there are many others where they're just really yeah. isn't much at all. And crude oil here is one of them. One of the comments we made in our recent report showed that 
although the 50-day moving average was uh, about to cross above the 200-day, and in fact, since writing that report, it has, there is little statistical validity to it. Uh, I believe we quoted about 23 crosses since uh, front-month crude oil uh, contracts have been trading, and only nine of those were profitable if, in fact, you exited when the 50-day crossed back below the 200-day. So uh, I'm not a fan of going with uh, a bias of nine working and the remaining of the 23 not working. That's called evidence. That's what chart people say, Michael. Chart That's people. evidence. Paul, yeah. Paul was the king of go to the Bloomberg and what's the evidence? State the facts, technical analysis, Michael. Well, everything is related, certainly in the, uh, in, in the technical world. The ruble, uh, 64.9625 this morning is stronger. It's been strengthening. If oil, uh, goes down, Though you suggest holding on to rubles or buying rubles is a bad thing, um, you've got some calls on currencies that are related to oil. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the decline in crude oil prices has created uh, massive correlations uh, in currency markets. Uh, the one that I think we lean towards and like most is uh, crude oil to continue uh, or to really start its decline here. Uh, the Canadian dollar actually uh, may be most affected. Uh, the, do- uh, the, the Canadian dollar uh, reached a low of about 124.61 and began to rise just a little bit there up uh, and challenged 130. We think that crude oil rolls over here that the Canadian dollar could easily see about 135 and possibly intraday or intraweek upwards of 138. So uh, what do you buy right now then? Well, as you relate crude oil markets to uh, the currency markets, uh, it's more of an inverse picture, right? Uh, There isn't uh, much out there that goes up with crude oil prices going down. Uh, But while the Canadian dollar would weaken, uh, you have to decide which currency you want to compare that against. So uh, if the Canadian dollar is going to weaken, in that case, it's a place to still be long dollars right. despite what's happened to the dollar over the course of the last six weeks. Gold is sport. Gold is sport. We can talk about this in our next book right now. Uh, over at HSBC, James Steele using very fundamental analysis and demand in China and Asia put a bid under gold ages ago, as you did, but reaffirm that right now. Gold has been squishy recently. What does Paul Siena do with a squishy chart? On gold prices, you buy yeah. the dip. Uh, we're bullish gold prices. Uh, we, we initiated our first long in gold at about 1089 earlier this year. Uh, we actually took that trade off uh, at about 1258 in March, anticipating a consolidation and an opportunity yeah. to go long. Once again, okay, but that's the back. point. Paul, Paul, stop gold there. Prices, that's be- yep. beautifully explained. Beautifully, beautifully explained. So you're long, you're a winner, you get out. How do you determine when to get back in again? When prices reach a important confluence point, and one of our important confluence points for a pullback is the approximate area where it actually broke out of the multi-year downward sloping channel and additional resistance levels at about 1210. So a nice gold pullback to the low 1200s is a high reward, low risk area to buy gold once again in anticipation of the full projections uh, from the technical bottom of 1315 and 1375 being reached. Is that precise enough for you, Mike? Yes, exactly. He used to go to cents and pennies. He goes, <laughs> he goes 13, 10, and 42 cents, but 
Now well, that he's out in the real world, he doesn't do that anymore. What about the other precious metals? What about silver? Uh, it's correlated, then it's not correlated with gold, then it's correlated again. Where do you see silver and, uh, and at the same time, say, platinum? Sure. Silver, indeed, has been a lagger. However, it's been shining lately. Uh, there is a massive resistance level that is also a target of about 1860. Uh, we think silver can get there. Uh, it mm-hmm. is on a, uh, you know, volume-driven, uh, open interest-driven, uh, momentum-driven breakout. So with that said, uh, silver has moved a lot in a very quick amount of time, uh, again, buying a pullback to find a favorable position to create that risk-reward that's uh, ideal for investing and trading uh, is the position here. Uh, we do see silver prices reaching 1860 this year. Uh, it's just a question of when do you buy to get in to uh, mm-hmm. Take, that, take those profits. Paul, as a broad statement, we'll come back for another section uh, with you. Are you a believer in get on the trend, stay on the trend until proven otherwise, or do you look at more momentum and stochastic indicators? Which, which way do you tilt? The best trades that let you to sleep at night are those that are going with the trend, without a doubt. However, there are times in the markets where positioning gets too heavy and uh, signals mm-hmm. of uh, counter-trend nature suggest that there's going to be a pullback. Yeah, is positioning, is positioning too heavy right now in consumer blue chips? I would say positioning is too heavy in gold and silver, actually. Interesting. Right? Those two markets in particular yeah. are, are at risk for a pullback given the uh, extreme stretch in positioning. Brilliant. Let's come, let's come back. Paul Ciano is with Bank of America, Maryland. their chief thick technical strategist working in fixed income commodities and currencies. As well. Mike, do you see that precision? That, that, that's, that's not rare in technical analysis, but it's something that the pros do where they ban things and they gap things. And the most important thing Paul said there was the probability that it's not go long gold, you idiot, you've got to be on gold, but that the probability at a certain point is comfortable versus the humility of actually being wrong. Well, not that that's ever occurred. When we come back, I want to ask you about it. positioning in oil. Because, yeah, uh, we, that's good. We, we, yeah. We, we've, we saw today a sort of uh, fight between the, the Goldman folks and uh, Phil Verlander yeah. about uh, What's going to happen with gold next? So well, it's one of the biggest markets in gold, and particularly in oil as well. You're Mr. Siano talk about those currencies as well. Looney one twenty nine sixteen weaker Looney this morning. Now it's time to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Donald Trump says it is unlikely he'd have a very good relationship with British Prime Minister David Cameron. Last year, Cameron called Trump's proposal to ban Muslims from entering the U.S. divisive, stupid, and wrong. Trump, on ITV's Good Morning Britain, also called comments from London's new mayor, Sadiq Khan, rude and nasty. Khan described Trump's view of Islam as ignorant. Islamic State attacks across Iraq have left at least 29 people dead. One attack was launched on a natural gas plant north of Baghdad. Democrats on the panel are attacking the Republican chairman of the House Benghazi Committee. They're accusing South Carolina Representative Trey Gowdy of ignoring statements by his own former lawyer indicating that the U.S. military acted properly on the night of the deadly 2012 attacks in Libya. Global News, 24 hours a day. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? 
Michael Barth, thanks so much. We're with Paul Siana on the charts. Looking forward to that. He's with Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Michael McKee and Tom Keen this Monday. Stay with us. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. The news update brought to you by Anchin Block and Anchin, named the best accounting firm in North America for the sixth year in a row by Hedgeweek.com. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are rising along with the price of oil. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures have turned positive since the last time we spoke on this busy day for deal news. Dow futures currently higher by 10 points. SB's gained two and NASDAQ futures rise by 11. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.72 percent and crude futures rise to the highest level since November. On the U.S. economic front at 8.30, Empire State Manufacturing and at 10 o'clock, NHB housing market. Uh, in that deal news, Terex to sell unit to Cone Cranes for $1.3 billion, Range Resources to buy Memorial Resource in a $4.4 billion deal, Buffett said to back a group bidding for Yahoo Internet Assets, and Pfizer to buy Anacor for $99.25 a share or $5.2 billion. In other news, Berkshire Hathaway disclosed a stake of 9.81 million shares in Apple. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. Freeport price target raised to a street high 15 from 10 at Cowan. Hominetics raised to neutral at Goldman Sachs. J.C. Penney raised to outperform at Robert Baird. And finally at BB&T, or BB&T raised to buy over at SunTrust. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? Thanks, Bill. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk, go on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K, go. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Bloomberg Surveillance, brought you by Invesco. Have you considered all of your investment alternatives? Non-traditional asset classes and strategies may help you achieve your goals. Find out more at Invesco.com slash alternatives. Paul Siano with us with Bank of America Merrill Lynch looking at technical analysis. He's got a double appendix, a gravestone doji. It's a footnote, rather. A gravestone doji forms when the price opens and closes near the low of the session. This goes back to the 18th century. Paul Siano was there. Is Munisha Homa invented candlestick charts? I call them candle pin charts for Boston. Paul Siano, what is a gravestone doji, and where do you see that in the markets right now? Sure, Tom. So I think that what your question alludes to here is uh, also about the approach to technical analysis. And one of the uh, aspects of our analysis here on recommending to sell crude oil is uh, analyzing candle patterns within those charts. And where our process believes the best technical strategy is a diversified technical approach. One of those approaches we use to diversify our strategy is understanding what the candle patterns are saying. And what we noticed in the charts ending April and into the first week of May is crude oil prices actually formed four doji candles in just six trading sessions. Loosely, one of those candle patterns can be considered a gravestone doji. And now, while some uh, technicians may be uh, open to debating that one a bit harder with me, the general concept of that pattern is when markets open at the low, trade up very high on the day, 
and then sell off to close back near the low, you essentially form a candle pattern that shows buyers bid up prices early in the session, but then sellers came in stronger than the buyers that were there that day and brought it all the way back down to where the day started. Now, they call that a gravestone doji uh, because the actual formation of it kind of looks like a gravestone, right? And as they say, gravestones six feet under, never a good sign, never a good place to be. It's a sound yeah. signal. Mike, I put this chart out on, Bloom, on uh, Bloomberg Radio Plus. March 8th, March 7th, rather, March 7th, looks very gravestony. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I'm looking at the S&P. Uh, 500 chart and reading some folks technical analysis they say they see a head and shoulders pattern forming and uh, we are maybe topping out on the S&P and a sell-off is on its way we haven't talked about uh, equities I know that uh, you're on the fixed income side but um, as the uh, equity markets may be top what does it uh, does that show up in your charts and influence what you're seeing Indeed, I work very closely with my counterpart in equity named Stephen Suttmeyer, the chief equity technical strategist for Bank of America, Merrill Lynch Global Research. And just this morning, he published a piece uh, discussing some of the signals in equity markets and that particular head and shoulders pattern that was looked at, I believe, on the 240-minute intraday chart, uh, where the neckline at about 2040 is starting to give way uh, and uh, a projection lower based on that head and shoulders top does bring the S&P 500 back down to about the 1970 level. So where do we, uh, if you summed up what we're likely to see going forward, it seems like um, risk off on a technical basis. With crude oil uh, potentially rolling over, the S&P forming that top, those two markets remain highly correlated, and yes, uh, together would be indicative of, yeah. of a potential risk-off environment, yes. Paul, how does volume play in? I've never used volume much as a, uh, an advantage to not losing money. Where does volume play into the Pulsiana world? Sure, volume and open interest play in as an important piece, especially in futures markets. And we use that in our crude oil discussion where we saw aggregate volume and aggregate open interest diverging. And what I mean by aggregate is everybody tends to look at the front month crude oil contract and where that's trading at the given moment. Uh, however, there are complexities in futures markets to deal with, like rolling from one contract to another and figuring out which one really is the current price and which one is the active contract. It's confusing, but if you just kind of add it all together and look across all of the crude oil contracts and how much volume traded across the entire chain of contracts that are available every day, you get a more realistic uh, number to, to be aware of, as well as a more realistic line of data to analyze. And what we found is the aggregate volume for crude oil prices mm -hmm. going into the uh, late April, early May highs was massively diverging that price move. So we had low volume, lower than the 15-day average for almost two right. weeks, as crude oil prices made significantly higher highs. Well, this has been great. Paul Siena, thanks so much. Let's make it uh, off an occurrence. He's with Bank of America, not Merrill Lynch on the technicals. And, of course, his lead call is for uh, weaker oil. He just simply says, sell the news. That's great to see, Michael. I mean, Paul 
joined us ages ago, wrote an authoritative book on technical analysis and now really puts it uh, uh, together and to work for uh, Mr. Moynihan's uh, fortress. Futures up two. Dow futures up seven. A churn to the markets. Stay with us. Economic data. Bloomberg surveillance. Coming up, with all due respect, highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond. 